Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to another episode of Zach on Film. It is winding down the Zach on Film summer movie special. With me again this week is Stephen Schleicher. Hello. Rob Rasmussen. Hiya. And Rodrigo Lopez. Hey, guys. Hey. And we just walked out of Straight Outta Compton. Yeah. Yeah. Straight into the Major Spoilers HQ. Yep. Uh, so... Man, let's do. Should we complain about our theater just for wait? Do you a hear minutes? that? Do you hear that buzzing? What do you, buzzing? Do you hear that buzzing? Because man, uh, here's what you do if you're if you're a quality movie theater, you uh, have a grounding issue, and the buzz from the speaker is louder than normal dialogue in the movie. Now I don't know about you guys. Maybe I'm hypersensitive to noise. I've always had a problem blocking out background noise. But that kind of ruined the movie for me. That and the three-year-old or two-year-old or whatever that Who was crying in the back. Who brings a baby to straight out of Compton? It was an interesting point in the movie when I realized there's a baby in here. It yeah. was about an hour and a half in. Yeah. And there was a baby crying. Well into the and, movie that that happened. And here's the here's the thing. It's entirely possible that we heard the baby earlier, but there are actual babies <laughs> yeah. in the movie, oh, so yeah. I think they masked it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that was a shocker, especially when it's clear that the rating was on here and whatever. Parents, come on, use some common sense, shell out for a babysitter, uh, and uh, leave your child in the hands of someone that you don't know and go see a movie. Or solid advice. be like other parents and don't go to the movies and make that sacrifice for your kid. Um. But yeah, there was so, a giant buzz throughout the entire film. God dang it. Uh, which I checked on before we started. I go, hey, uh, is this buzzing going to stop? Because usually, if there's something's wrong with the projector before the movie starts, right, right. They it use fixes a, itself. They, they use a different projector right. for the previews. Not Well, not for the previews, but yeah, for, yeah. The pre- the for the preview stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For all the pre-show stuff that uh, right. um, Maria they, Menounos tells you to get there early right, for. Right. But this just in, they don't have a second set of speakers to use when mm. the movie starts. And ours had a grounded wire. And there, I was like, uh, I go up and like, hey, so is that buzzing going to stop? He's like, oh, is it, is it kind of loud? I'm like, yeah, it's pretty noticeable. He's like, uh, well, you know, you won't hear it in, during the loud parts. <laughs> yeah, except the loud parts. <laughs> okay, so you know, it is it is uh, NWA, and we're gonna see some concert stuff and some music that goes along with it, and all that stuff. But there are some really quiet emotional bits in this movie mm-hmm. that were totally, for me, totally destroyed by bad audio. And we've talked about this before in class, Zach, where people will put up with bad picture quality. But the minute that the audio goes bad, that's when the movie goes to shit. Mm-hmm. And 
that that was a um, you know it's a good movie, but it it was not a good movie going experience for me. Now, once again, that has nothing to do with the movie. No, nothing no. to do with it's the movie. Just, we just had to get it out of the top. Yeah, but, we're we're kind of tied down too. I'm like I'm I'm sure people. Um, who listen to the show are like, well, why don't they just go to a different theater? And the fact of the matter is, is that there are no other theaters the closest, around here. The closest other theater is about an hour and a half away. That's that's to be honest, a little bit too far to be driving to go see a movie. Sure. For the podcast, and you know, I know some people are like, well, you guys got to do this for the show. It's like some things we can do and some things we can't do. Like, an hour and a half uh, each way is it's, uh, it's an extra three hours before we can do the show. Right. Right. <laughs> Um, you know, way back in the long ago time when this movie took place, uh-huh. there were actually multiple theaters in this town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they, one of them closed down. And uh, when they sold it, they uh, made a stipulation in the contract that whoever would buy it from now to the end of time could not show movies in that in that place. So well, the Fox Theater in town is not allowed to show movies wow. in that place. Yeah, wait for the future. Yeah. Um, but NWA, straight out of Compton... Um, I don't know how much you guys knew about the story going into it. Hmm, I was uh, Were you born? not born there until 91, which most of this movie takes place, or about half of it takes place before 91. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the uh, yeah. middle of the movie is about 1993. Yeah, mm-hmm. so uh, not really aware on NWA. It was interesting uh, watching the film, because like, I knew most of everyone through some form of means of media, be it music or TV mm-hmm. or movies or uh, Apple and headphones. Uh, so it's interesting then going back and seeing how incredibly influential those guys were in literally changed music for forever. Yeah, some of us actually lived through it, Zach. Did you, Stephen? And yes, how was that? <laughs> uh, well, uh, from the time that the movie starts, 1986, I would have been 16. All the way through 95, which would have been all the way up to me moving to Atlanta. So basically, my high school and college years were surrounded by NWA, Snoop Dogg, uh, and then um, uh, the uh, and Ice Cube uh, and everything that spun out of that. So it was really kind of, you know, experiencing it from life. Um, when the album came out, it was one of... Uh, no, I think I'm thinking of probably two live crew, but I, I do remember that when um, when Straight Outta Compton came out, uh, our local Alco—that's a store—wouldn't yeah. uh, sell the, that album it's to not you. anymore. Not anymore. No. Yeah, <laughs> uh, wouldn't sell the album to you if you were under 17. You could only buy it if your parent was with you. Really? Uh, and that happened with two live crew too, where they put the explicit lyrics on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but so then when we went to college, we had the album at the college radio station, and it was a big, long discussion about what can we play, what can we not play, should this be played, should it be not played. Mm-hmm. And there was, because uh, I came in as a freshman, the seniors at the time were like, no way, we're not playing this. My group, my class, we were like, yes, this is very important that we do play this because it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you had, um, you know, the the outcry the riots uh, from the arrest uh, at the college. Well, no, Rodney King came later. But when that came out, it was a big to-do, especially because of the lyrics, because of uh, the Fuck the Police Mm -hmm. um, song was very, very controversial. We didn't have a problem with it, but a lot of other people uh, did. And then 
when Rodney King happened and then when you started happening with um with the group East splitting West, yeah. yeah when the when the group split and then they started their fights i mean this was i mean it's crazy how quickly they rose they split up and then each all three of them basically had their own massive Label. careers yeah. and labels that came out so quickly and it's kind of you know this movie condenses that time period but you know watching that happen was really really weird mm-hmm. And a weird flashback, I guess. So what's your relationship bit. to, in real life, uh, NWA and the music, Rodrigo? Uh, I moved to Los Angeles in 1994. Mm-hmm. So, although I never sought it out, it was basically impossible not oh, to yeah, yeah. have it around. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was huge. I remember, like... Um, kids in... I mean, this was grade school and middle school... Um, uh, you know, kids would like shout and just walk by and be like, straight out of Compton. And like, mm-hmm. at, at first, I had no idea what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why would you even say that? Compton is a terrible neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. I have to drive through there yeah. all the time. Um, and, but, you know, it's like eventually you start to, to realize that this, um, so, you know, that sort of thing. Like, I was, like, I've always been aware of those guys, but it's like in the same way where, like, if you press me, I couldn't tell you um what are like michael mcdonald's song is right 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 like right. it's yeah, it's yeah. difficult for me to be yeah, yeah. like oh that's right right that's you know that's, that's ice cube song especially that's, dre yeah, yeah. who is usually like behind the turntables mm-hmm. right and yeah. he'll just like have a stinger in the middle mm-hmm. yeah i just it was weird just because i remember you know uh straight out of compton was a huge success and then the next thing you know we're hearing stories of Ice Cube and Dre and Easy are all fighting one another, mm-hmm. and we're listening to that going back and forth. And it was just next thing you know, here's Ice Cube on what uh, Boys in the Hood was first, and it's like, whoa, you know, this. It was really weird to watch it all all happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you ever listen to the music, Rob? Or I don't. I guess I don't know how old you were at the time uh, when this was all happening. Pretty young, still, right? Yeah, I was born in '84. Okay, uh, and. I didn't know that music other than country had been made since like the seventies <laughs> until I was in sixth grade. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I knew most of the names. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know this is not a movie that I would have gone to see if I hadn't been involved with this, mm-hmm. which is yet another reason why I'm glad I'm involved with major spoilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm, Name recognition is about the extent of what I've got from the movie, and okay. this this might as well have been a complete work of fiction for you. Like it, yeah, you know, they could have just been, it, yeah. No, that's cool. I mean, it's because like, uh, I mean, it's just interesting when you get exposed to new things. I mean, so what was your overall impression of the film? I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, I thought it ended abruptly. Mm-hmm. It, a, an interesting thing about biopics is they tend to end abruptly unless when somebody dies the person involved is dead unless they as long as they died of like natural causes or later in their life Mm -hmm. i don't know if you guys ever saw selena Selena? yeah which just i mean it ends super abruptly (laughs) because she she died when she was 20 she got shot the end of the movie yeah the movie's over you have five minutes of uh jennifer lopez spinning up on the uh, screen singing the last song that's, um, that's actually, I think, actually a Selena performance. Oh, is it okay? I think it is. Okay. I could, but yeah, that was, that was, yeah. I I don't know. I really like this movie, but what do you guys think of biopics? The problem that I have is 
this is not a documentary. Right. So there is the people writing right. are influencing the story and the narrative. And maybe more and, importantly, the people producing it are yeah. influencing. Yes, uh, are influencing what is going on. And I had a problem with that uh, to a little to an extent. Sure. Now, n- am I saying that any of that stuff didn't happen? No, I'm not saying any of that. Uh, but it was, I don't know, it felt biased. And that's, sure. and that's a problem that I have with biopics. Sure. Uh, a biopic is dirty business. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't mean like in, the, in a, uh, like it's unethical necessarily or anything like that. In but it is, kind of it is, yeah, it is kind of, you have to, it has to be a movie and it has mm-hmm. to be structured like a fictional narrative, mm-hmm. which means you need beats. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like the beats <laughs> that you hear. You need story beats. You need uh, obstacles, and you need you need like, bad guys, and you need, you need good guys. You need resolutions, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So some people are probably demonized. Some people are probably lionized. Some mm-hmm. people are canonized. Mm-hmm. Some people are left out for most of. The some like, people are left out entirely. Yeah, yeah, you guys are not in the film. I mean, they're in there, right? But, but they don't. The three major storylines. They're. Yeah, I mean they're not one of them. Yeah, I mean the the story the stories well, yeah. are. Should Knight got more play than yeah, a couple sure. of the other because he's the bad members, guy, right? Which one of I'm the not, bad guys? Great. Which I'm not saying guys. it's not reasonable that he was the bad guy because by most accounts, Shug Knight was a sociopath. And he <laughs> is in jail right yep. now because right before, right in the middle production or something, he mm-hmm. was involved in a hit and run. Yeah. So that's a. Weird coincidence. Yeah, Shug Knight is crazy times. Yeah. I mean, like... Don't uh, say his name three times. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, no, I mean, yeah. I, what was the other part of the story in this is that we saw the rise of Snoop Dogg and um, Tupac, Tupac yeah. which was also really weird because I was in the middle of Atlanta when he died mm-hmm. working there, and that was a huge thing for um, the students that I was dealing with at yeah. the time. And so that really was an eye-opener of how much this music and these people meant to everyone it influenced. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was interesting to see a lot of that stuff being set up uh, in the movie for, for going forward. Yeah, and I think, I mean, go back to the biopics, mm-hmm. it is an interesting thing, um, especially in this sense where, like you said, you know, Ice Cube and Dre were producing mm-hmm. the film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ice Cube's son is playing Ice Cube in the film. So there's a lot of interesting things. And it's not to say that they sugarcoated the film, because I don't think anyone necessarily got a worse edit out of the three than anyone. I think they all come off out of the, as Out of the three of them? Out of, sure. Yeah, Easy and sure. Two, right? I think, you know, you can take... Uh, it, it, like this movie is very well written mm-hmm. um, because they take you know real conflicts that actually happen and they make them storyish and nobody comes out worse out of the three of mm-hmm. them and it's a conflict between between the three of them right mm-hmm. it's they play it as um, Cube leaves because he's not um, happy with the way that the contracts are going because. Easy E um, is 
uh, allowing Jerry to handle things mm-hmm. because for perfectly legitimate and actually kind of laudable reasons, because Jerry's the one who gets them through the door, so he trusts them, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a question of this guy's manipulating you and the other guy's like, well, I trust him and I care about him and he cares about us. What are you doing, right? right, right. So it, it, it comes across as a very brotherly conflict mm-hmm. the whole time, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, these guys don't actually hate each other, even though right. they say some awful things. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> record some killer tracks about each other <laughs> it was it was good uh but yeah the i so the, there's a really good documentary that i think you guys should watch if you haven't already seen it it's called a band called death and it's about a um all black punk rock music group founded in the 70s that no one has ever heard of until almost everybody all the member well the main member in the band was dead um like a decade later, they found his music and resurrected. It became very popular. That tells a really emotional story because we've got those people in interviews talking about what happened. You've got historical footage. You've got the original tracks. Nothing's fictionalized in that. You've got actual accounts from people. And I just find that, I don't know, I would have rather have seen this as a documentary than, um, than a biopic. That's, but again, a sure. documentary would not have had a wide release. This well, is a wide release film. It came to our our little city, so I'm glad for that. But uh, the movie would not have had a wide release. You got to think about. It's not like they were sitting there and said, "Should we make this a mm-hmm. documentary or a biopic?" From right, its right. inception, mm-hmm. right. This was a biopic mm-hmm. that was launched, um, you know, for a handful of reasons. Yeah. The Producers, the people who were involved in these are now established mm-hmm. and powerful people in mm-hmm. the media and they can mm-hmm. do this. Um, it's, you know, like incredibly timely. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can and you can push that in either direction. You can say it's problematic because they're capitalizing on that uh, timeliness, but also... It's worth watching that since 1986. Yeah, we are actually in 2015 having the exact, the exact same, same problems. problems. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was the thing that really stands out. Mm-hmm. Is like here we are repeating the exact same yeah. shit again and again. I was thinking about that today um, when I was driving home from work. Uh, thinking about getting ready for the movie. In that, um, you know, to me, and I think um, uh, it seems. Uh, I mean, but I, it's, I think I know the movie process. Otherwise, someone would say, oh, they're totally capitalizing monetarily mm-hmm. on the discussion of race and police relations happening in the nation right now. But they probably would have started developing this movie way before a year ago, yeah. which when Michael Bryant was just uh, a year ago, last week, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. A few days ago. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that to take into consideration. But then I was like, oh, yeah, but... Now that I've, now that we actually, or at least I start paying attention to what other people are talking about, I was like, oh, this just never stopped. No, <laughs> never this, stopped. This continues to happen. Yeah. Happens all the time. Yeah. yeah. They could have. I mean, we were in a theater for what? Two almost three, three hours. Almost three hours. Yeah. <laughs> there is probably something terrible that yes. happened while we were in that yes, theater. Yes. Mm-hmm. Things are bad, you guys. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what. Um, just watching. The film in the beginning, when most of it's taking place in Compton, and uh, it's right at the beginning when uh, Ice Cube comes out of his house after being with mm-hmm. Ray and Big Glasses guy, mm-hmm. and 
It was just police lights out, and he's just like, you know, yeah, normal. Mm-hmm. And I'd have been like, if there's police lights within three blocks of my house, like we're out, like what, what, what's going on? Oh, yeah. no, what's happening? What's yeah. what's going on here, you <laughs> yeah. guys? Uh, what's, what, you know? See, by comparison, I am not. If no, I see any lights or I hear any sirens, it's like I close walk the, in the opposite and stay direction. away from the windows. Yeah, so just, uh, you know, just, I mean, the good thing about this movie, movies like it, like, do the right thing. It, for me, has been an awareness of the the life that I have lived is nowhere near reflective across sure. most of America or sure. the world. And that's that's why ultimately, despite the fact that it's a biopic as opposed to a documentary mm-hmm. and that it's you know clearly slanted towards the producers of this sure. movie, um, it's hard to fault it. It's hard to fault no. it because even though it glosses over a lot of stuff... It doesn't matter. Oh, no, the, it, the, the fundamental right. issue below that that's holding up this movie is something that's still going on today. Mm-hmm. It's something that speaks to yeah. my generation. Something that speaks to the next generation coming up as they're having to deal with this. It's something that's very important. And it gives you that context mm-hmm. because, you know, people are super, are, have always been down on gangster rap. You know, and, and, and possibly with reason as, as it was happening because people who weren't involved in that stuff listen to it and they get, mm-hmm. they only get the top part of it, mm-hmm. right? They don't get what's going on. Uh, this movie is worthwhile so you can see where the song Fuck the Police comes mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. and why it's there, why that's actually a relevant and important track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just so. Uh, I mean, it. When I was thinking about this earlier, it seemed really interesting to me uh, that Selma came out within the last year. Uh, a year and a half. A year yeah, ago, something like that. I, I mean, I watched it in February, I think. Um, I think it was just last year, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah last year. It's just interesting. Uh, yeah, two thousand fourteen. Not, not in then. I, I was thinking, well, we get one important black movie a year. That's what we've allowed ourselves in America. Uh-huh. And then just... Nah, you're kind of right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, uh, the tone... And they're both biopics, both dealing with uh, like this institutionalized racism mm-hmm. in America, but coming at it from different angles, Sure, which was interesting to me. Well, different time periods too. Well, different time periods, and abs- yeah, and the different and different tones. and different culture. Yeah, uh, one in the south and the other. Yeah, west, yeah, yeah. West Coast. Yeah. Um, Actually, I, did you guys uh, watch Selma at all? I did not. Selma came out in January of 2015. So oh, there you go. go. Yeah. Uh, you guys watch Selma at all? No, no, no? I've not. Yeah, it's, I mean, that one's an interesting for biopic too, and I would see. I mean, it's an amazing film, um, where. It like this where no one comes out as the neat angel that they are. Sure. I don't think uh Ava DuVernay and Selma painted Martin Luther in the same manner. He wasn't this like monolithic figure up on a hill that no one could touch. Like right. he showed him in depression and in jail and like questioning what he was even doing. Sure. I I mean 
honestly, the uh, the institution of Martin Luther King is as much an institution for uh, the uh, the powers that be that mm-hmm. uh, the the structure of white America as it is for Black America, because Martin Luther King said a lot of things that really go against the establishment but that's not what they teach in schools Mm -hmm. what they teach in schools is that passive loving kind of resistance and rah fight for the things that you love it doesn't talk about him you know criticizing white liberals for um for basically working against them for being like well yeah we feel that you have those rights but you're being a little too loud so how about you just wait for now we'll work on other stuff i mean you know he talked about that you know the the uh, circumstances of his death are actually a matter of public record and a matter of public record that is constantly and thoroughly suppressed by the history that we're taught. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I can see that because, um, you know, Martin Luther King has become almost something that, you know, that, that image of who Martin Luther King was is something that works almost in the opposite direction sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's nice for a movie to humanize him, to show him as a person, to show, to kind of try to like take that back. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a lot of ways, I think that's what this movie's doing. This movie is just basically give, giving these three guys, or you know, these two guys now, a microphone again, mm-hmm. and saying and letting them say what they mean to say, and letting them put that to a generation who is was too young to listen to their stuff when it was coming out, but who is now seeing the exact same stuff that they went through. Mm-hmm. Rob, do you think? I mean. Rodrigo touched on it when people would say when they listen to uh, gangster rap that there's this surfer level uh, understanding of it and that they come out against it as uh, uh, glorifying that nature. Do you think this film does that at all, or do you think it's still pretty? Do you think it's negative towards that kind of lifestyle? Um, I, I think it does a good a good job of showing what they were trying to do mm-hmm. with the rap how we've seen you know the people who don't live the lifestyle haven't dealt with it at all see the surface level and they actually managed to they use that press conference segment to show uh what is actually behind it i think it's actually doing just that Mm -hmm. yeah actually letting them say this is why Mm -hmm. this is so angry we're not that it's not actually like saying, you know, this is a good lifestyle. It's saying, hey, this sucked. We're pissed. Mm-hmm. Now, this is our life. This, yeah. is, this is what life is like for us, right? Yeah. I was struck by um, during the parts of the Rodney King trial and the video, which was the first time I've actually seen that footage before. That was really horrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'd never horrible. seen it before. Um, so they showed that footage and then. Two scenes later, a scene later, is when uh, Easy is kicked the crap out of by Switch Knights guys. Yeah. And I thought it was very. Uh, I mean, I thought it was interesting that they kind of put those scenes pretty close together and from almost similar angles, watching mm-hmm. them just beat mm-hmm. the crap out of him. Yeah, that was an interesting choice. Uh, Steven, 
F. Gary Gray, who directed the film, did Ice Cube's Friday. Yeah, I didn't. I hadn't yeah. made that connection yeah. until we were looking afterwards. He uh, apparently came up in music videos before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think this had a, a music video kind of feel to it? Um, not really. I, I mean. There were times where I'm like, okay, so there should be some music playing here, and this should happen, and I didn't really get that. I mean, we see that with, um, oh, what's his name that did uh, Charlie's Angels? Um, McG. McG. His stuff is always like you're watching a music video uh, on turned up to 11. This was not that. This was a nice, straightforward feature that, when it needed a musical montage had a musical montage. And it was it was musically sparse, yeah, which yeah. is surprising really for a and, movie but about see, here's music. The, this was a I was gonna ask the question earlier, but then I dropped it is would this have been better had it been a fictional group going through this time period, would it have been any different? But then it was like, well then they would have had to create all new music and they couldn't have used the music that they created mm-hmm. royalty free, right? Yeah. So well, I mean I, I mean a, that, a comparable example is you you guys have all seen The Wedding Singer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So in The Wedding Singer like it is almost nauseating mm-hmm. how anytime somebody is not talking, they are beating you yeah. over the head with a song saying, this is the 80s. This is happening in the 80s. Flock of Seagulls. Actually, I don't know if Flock of Seagulls is on the soundtrack, but Probably is. something like that is. Hollow Notes almost yeah. certainly. The, the only time that I thought the music was used perfectly beyond the fact that, hey, this is our music that we're performing, right. was the introduction of Ice Cube as he's being bussed from the white schools back home and suddenly you cut to, I don't know, some eighties, you know, light tune that was playing when you cut to him looking at, uh, the white kids in the parking lot and you hear that music playing on their stereos. And it's like, Whoa, okay. There is a total. Yeah. I want to say there's a Michael Jackson track in this too. Was there? Yeah. It's just very brief, Mm. but it just kind of gives you that, that music. Yeah. Sting. I'm glad I'm flashlight also plays. I'm glad they kept the music to a minimum and only used it when it was appropriate. And uh, there were a few times where they started to have a little musical swell, but they really kept it to a minimum. And so I, I really don't think that this was uh, like a music video because the, the party at the house, the big um, uh, party at, at Easy es house, could have been shot like a music video, and it wasn't. Yeah. It was shot straight up as, here's a conversation that's happening at a party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that I noticed... Kind of, especially during uh, the f- beginning of the film and during the tour, were the lens flares they were getting. There were some like interesting they were using stuff. Some yeah, older, almost older lenses because yeah. they seemed all natural. Kind of an older it's style like a of wet, flare. Yeah, it was a very. It kind of reminded me like, um, like uh, the lens was intentionally dirtied mm-hmm. like uh, yep. they, they let some mineral water dry yeah. on the lens and that's what was causing the flares uh, but that was only in they were only using that in certain shots because yeah. then when you cut it to a wide shot it wasn't mm-hmm. that way it was only in the close-ups mm-hmm. uh, for that, yeah. that it was I think that I way. think that was like a that that gave it they wanted that like kind of brief documentary feel like mm-hmm. this happened even though they're still shooting the actors it's not mm-hmm. they're not intercutting any actual footage but that grainy look is like oh this was shot in the 90s you guys yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. it's like grit mm-hmm. things yeah. were like pointy in the 90s <laughs> <laughs> this came in at almost what, it was 100 it was it's 147 minutes yeah. So okay. it's two and a half hours. Two and a half. Two hours, twenty minutes, whatever you want to go. Do you think go. Um, it was too long? 
you think it was too long or you think they got it to a right length the, with the story they were telling? The original cut of the movie is three hours and 30 minutes. Woo! So they wow. cut an hour of stuff out of this. And probably probably all the important women. Probably. Because it's like all of a sudden, uh, Easy has this lady who's like looking at his uh, finances. finances and stuff. And I'm like, where did she come from? Has yeah. she always been around? Yeah. No, she wasn't. Um, and it's like, well, Dre gets a girlfriend. And I kept expecting for that to be a thing. Yeah, that was weird. Also, but it's not. Dre's mm-hmm. previous Baby mama, one. Yeah. yeah. Left. Yep. Yeah, it was weird how they just kind of. And it's just like. She drives off, and that's the last we hear of her. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like, and I and I get it. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's necessarily a problem that we saw so many boobies because there's a lot of those in this. movie. There is a lot of those in this and, movie, and, and they were there's and they, a lot of full frontal in this movie. Yeah, and they were living that lifestyle, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And it's fine. No, I there's like know. actual documented evidence that this was happening, but there were also like a handful of women in the in the film. Uh, Dre's mom gets a little bit of time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in towards the end, uh, Easy's uh, I forget her name. I forget her name. Tamika. Tamika, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's barely in it, but she gets a little bit more screen time. Right. But yeah, I mean. And then Ice Cube's wife, Kim, is that her name? Right. Yeah. yeah. She's always there, very supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about it, right? We don't get like we get to see how. Dr. Dre meets his girlfriend, but none of the other guys. And it's like, and presumably it's important, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, these are like one of them blows a lid on the whole Jerry situation. Right. Mm-hmm. But we don't get her name until Jerry says it mm-hmm. after that has all happened. Like, we don't even know who she is. Right. We don't know if they're married. We don't know if they're not married, and that's a thing. Like, we don't we don't hear anything mm-hmm. about it. And it, the the problem for me with that was when uh, Ice Cube's meeting with the first record label, and he says, "Oh, Kim, what do you think about this?" I'm like, I don't think Lil Kim was around when this was happening, <laughs> but no, no, I'm no. pretty sure she wasn't. That's a, so that's a different, Kim. different Kim. Yeah, we are not in, we are not yeah. ever we are introduced actually proper movie introduced to one woman and that's Dre's mom. Yep. All the other ladies just all of a sudden appear like they've been there all along. But Dre's second girlfriend? Or the, the one he moves You're right. Kind of You're right. We are introduced to her and then that goes nowhere. Nowhere. Yeah, yeah she says, we, because she we says, don't want to move in because you, it's a little weird and crazy. We get the move-in scene and then she's, she's in gone. the background of another shot. Yep. Yep. Uh, when Eddie, uh, yeah, when they're getting the calls. band back together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I would be interested to see what is in all of that. In the, the, the hour, hour that they cut? Yeah. Probably probably actually not that. Probably it's not. probably just... Uh, more boobs. It, yes, more <laughs> boobs and uh, Yella just kind of like fiddling with... Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe it's some of the story of the, the other soundboard. guys. Yeah. <laughs> that would be interesting. Just, well, because you look at the other two members are like... Reduced to like minuscule sure. parts, and mm-hmm. I don't know what they're doing in their well, careers they now. <laughs> well, maybe not. I mean, I don't know what they're doing now, but man, they were just literally cut out of that movie. Yeah, to where it's almost like, oh, who were the founding members of NWA? Well, Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, well, Easy re- E. What about these other two guys? Well, other and, three guys, actually. And, and really, you know, I'm sure there were plenty involved, but it is mm-hmm. it is the movie about those three guys, mm-hmm. right? That's what the movie's about. But they weren't going to leave them out of it. Right. It's like, 
honestly, if I, I mean, you guys have seen biopics about the Beatles, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all John and Paul, yep. right? John Paul, John Paul, John Paul, Yoko Ono, mm-hmm. movie's over. Yep. Um, like <laughs> they basically don't like barely touch on how <laughs> mystical George Harrison is. <laughs> like he's just kind of like floating around the background, and they're like, "Hey." Hey guys, I wrote this song, and it's like an amazing song. And then John and Paul are fighting over it, um, and they don't even talk about Ringo, mm-hmm. even though he probably actually financed that movie. Probably. Um, and it's the same thing, you know. It's like what, like they found or possibly manufactured the tension in the movie, mm-hmm. and it's like there was not that much room for the other two guys. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. think they handled? the three person story well for two and a half hours oh, yeah i mean the story is is really well told yeah. i mean i i didn't really find a lot of fault with it, anything except for the question of where the bias comes from mm-hmm. but uh, yeah the story is really solid uh it works really well the people who are supposed to be vilified are vilified the people that are supposed to come out uh, on top come out on top i mean it's just a really good story from that from that perspective okay you think rob yeah, I, I'm with Stephen. They did a good job of the three having giving the the main three enough time to each have their own story to mm-hmm. get all of the conflicts out there and resolved. Uh, well, I thought the reveal that Jerry was the bad guy, like the final reveal, took way longer than I was expecting. It that that was really interesting, like. The whole Jerry thing was really interesting to me because it's like, I feel that if this movie had been made five, six, maybe more, like a longer time ago, they would have vilified him a lot more. Yeah, yeah, they would have shown him scheming. And- yeah, I mean, like, ha, 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 he, 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 he. Yeah. But they didn't. I, I, it really, I think, I feel that it shows that these guys that are now in the business, that are now the business, mm-hmm. um, were like, well, Jerry was totally skimming a ton off the top. But it is business. Yeah. Like, they, I think that part of the movie, they just played straight. He was taking advantage of them because they were young musicians, but that's what people do to young musicians. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they're aware of it. So they were just like... We're just going to tell it like it is. Jerry is not a bad person. He's not a good person, mm-hmm. but he's not like Suge Knight, who has basically played like the Death Star yeah, in yeah, this yeah, movie. Yeah. Like he gets his own theme song <laughs> yeah, he does. basically in the background. Like anytime Suge Knight shows, I was like, boom. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That might have just been the speakers. Yeah. It been. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, man, that's weird for Suge Knight to get this weird buzz and then a baby scream. <laughs> It's effective, though. It's yeah, effective. It's good. It's good. Uh, I mean, and he was wearing red jumpsuits, sweatsuits, yep. most of the movie. So that helps a lot for his yep. persona. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so where do you think this ranks in summer movie releases for you personally? Uh, of all the movies we've seen, this one, for, especially for this whole thing, this one is in my top two or three of the movies that we've seen this summer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I just really got a kick out of it. and re- Rewatchability for you? Uh, I don't know about rewatchability. I mean, just for I, audio alone. Yeah, we gotta rewatch <laughs> it without the buzz, definitely. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Um, I don't know. That's a good. That's a good question. Um, I probably would watch it maybe once or twice more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's 
it still was much better than some of the others that are on this list this year. What do you think, Rob? I'm with Steven. Top two or three, it's... We've watched a lot of... There, there's been a lot of really bad movies this summer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Most of the rest of them were just lackluster. This one was straight up good the yeah. entire time. Yeah. Rank up that high for you, Rodrigo? Yeah, it ranks pretty high. I'm trying to... I'm, I'm even trying to think what old movies have we seen. It's probably... <laughs> Let's let me get, let me go down the list here real quick, All right. and uh, we'll see uh, what what films we have watched this summer. And you tell me if it's better than that film or worse than that film. Uh, Fantastic Four. That's Much better, better than Fantastic Four. Uh, let's see. Ant Man. It was it was it was I would you say should. I would say although diff, very different movies I would say it was about as enjoyable as Ant Man. Okay, yeah. that's what I was going to say too. Terminator Genesis. Yes, I've not, not seen it. Jurassic no. World. Yes, Maybe, than but not. <laughs> it's funny because they're both the the stories both have their roots in the same time period. Yeah, which is <laughs> really both, weird. They're both weird nineties revival Relics. things. Yes. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Slow West is something that Zach and I yeah. watched. Uh, San Andreas. Oh, yeah. Better Watch than back. that. Poltergeist, better than that. Yeah. yeah. Mad, <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road. Ooh, I would put uh, Mad Max above it, but only because I think Mad Max may have been the movie of the summer for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Oh, that's hard. I really like this a lot, but Mad Max did something blockbustery that I actually enjoyed and I don't wouldn't necessarily look at Straight Outta Compton as a summer blockbuster movie mm. not as in as trying to rake in 400 million dollars or whatever yeah um gosh that's a hard one uh Avengers Age of Ultron which was the first movie that it's better than Age of Ultron better yeah. Yep. So, you, like I said it's up there in the top two I would say mm-hmm. it's as good as Ant-Man I think I liked Ant-Man just a little bit better just because sure. of the comic book uh, source. But, I mean, right, it's, right. the but, separation is by... But like, again, interestingly, it's like uh, a an alternate reality Steven who is into, like, as into rap music as he is into comics yeah, yeah. because this movie is hugely referential. Mm-hmm. Like, somebody somebody got the buzz that you got off of Ant-Man off of Straight Outta Compton, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really it was good, um, but yeah, I I would just say that overall this summer, I feel that we did not get anything extraordinary. Yeah, I think I think Jurassic uh, World may have done it just because it was so poking fun at itself. Yeah, that was but a the strong strength of but the rest of these movies were just. Yeah, they're okay. They're they're sure. And some of them are obviously terrible, but the ones yeah. that are that are good are just good. They're not yeah. extraordinary. I thought, I thought Fury Road was very good. Yeah. I thought um Oh, Inside Out. In, yeah, I was oh, yeah, say, Inside, Inside Out, Out was yeah. I solid. I would say was not as big a fan of Inside Out as everybody yeah. else is. I sure. really liked Inside Out. <laughs> The thing about Inside yeah, Out, the thing about Inside Out is that um, unlike most pick, like most Pixar movies are kids movies mm-hmm. that have stuff in it for adults. Inside right. Out is actually a movie for adults mm-hmm. that has bright colors for kids. Mm-hmm. Like it is a movie about psychology. It is a movie about coping with things and like the 
quote-unquote target audience of Inside Out is too young to know that your old memories can be tainted by sadness mm-hmm. and that, you know, understand what abstract thought is. Right. You know, all of those things are there for adults. That entire journey is there for adults. But there's a hilarious elephant monster in it. Mm-hmm. You know, like Inside Out, I think, appeals to a lot of... to. Is, is as well-reviewed as it is because it's actually a movie for grown-ups. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was what the parent thought, bringing their kid. They're like, well, Inside Out was for me. General Conference is probably for my child. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I, here's, the, here's the biggest problem, though. I, you know, I was, I was trying to find the... And it's by the time we're recording this, it's still way too early for the uh, Thursday, night o- oh. Thursday night opens oh, yeah. to, to show up, or at least the predictions of the Thursday night opens. I don't think that this movie is going to do super fantastic in the theaters, even though it's got a, a wide release. There's almost 3,000 theaters in it. And the reason I say that is because this is a hard R movie. Yep. And you know what happens with, with hard R movies. Sure. And I think that's, I mean, what, I'm glad it? that it, it is hard R. Um, what's that? Nothing. It's harder. Do you want it? You wanted it harder than? No. Okay. Because the, the problem was, um, there's a lot of nudity. There's a lot of violence. There's a lot of drugs. There's a lot of just everything that cursing. needed to a lot of cursing, a lot of things that needed Still, to be though, in this movie for for a band uh, or for a movie about a band called N.W.A. They don't use the N word nearly as oh, much as Django did. Yeah, yeah, oh, no. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Here, here's what I think. Yeah. So this is this is. I think it. that's gonna. I think that's gonna hurt it. I think it'll still be the best movie the weekend, but the R rating really scares, in general, scares people sure. away from theaters. Although, I think what was the what was the R-rated movie that just came out not too long ago? Oh no, maybe I'm thinking of people's reaction to Deadpool, which is definitely an R, sure. and the trailer is sure. R, and people are like flipping out over well, that. So maybe I, there's going to be a turnaround. Here's, here's the thing, like. Everyone who was listening to this stuff mm-hmm. in the 90s oh, yeah, yeah. is going to go see this movie. Yeah, this yeah. movie is going to recoup no problem. Oh, no, no. I don't I don't doubt and that. Here's what I think might have going for it is that a lot of people are going to college this weekend. That's another problem is it's all yeah. the back-to-school stuff, yeah. which may detract. I mean, people are not going to go to the – aren't going to the movies. They're going to go to parties. And so I think that's the other thing. They might may, go to this movie, though. They because might, it is but, the music they listen to when they go to the party. True, but I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I'm hoping it does well. Don't. Don't get me wrong there, but I just. Um. I just feel like it had a odd placement, and this is probably the only place it could go is up against Man Against Uncle. Um, yeah. But I think the R and the fact that it's mostly a school weekend for most most mm-hmm. people across the United States. Wait, Man from Uncle came out this weekend. It, yeah, yeah open this weekend too. It, which uh, is why we went to see Straight Outta Compton. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> So but, I don't know. I think it may do good. We don't know what the budget is. I totally forgot. I was about ready to say something, and Sorry. then it just flipped. Was that about the budget? Was that about kids going to school? Was that about? Was it about uncles? Was it no. about Henry Cavill? Is no, Henry. I don't. Yeah, it's, he's in Henry? there. Henry Cavill. I don't remember what I was going to say. It was probably something really. Was that about Deadpool? No, it wasn't. Very insightful. It was very insightful what I was going to say. This they're, movie, they're predicting that the they're predicting that Straight Outta Compton will have an opening weekend of more than forty million dollars if done right, which is good considering um, the movie only had a budget of twenty nine million. 
Let's see. The conservative estimate for Straight Outta Compton, co-financed by Legendary Pictures with a budget of $29 million, have placed the debut in the $25 million to $29 million range, tracking stronger among African-American and Caucasian male audiences uh, than anything else. What I was going to say is uh, I was surprised how many people there actually were in the theater in Hayes. I'm not. I The odd thing was I went. I had to take my son to the dentist today, yeah. and there were two high school girls in the um, uh, waiting area. Waiting, yeah. One of them was waiting to go back, and they were talking about how much they wanted to see this movie. Oh, good. So good. Uh, I don't movie, know if they were able to get in or not, because it's rated R, but... This movie got really good publicity. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of it, now these songs are like... They're classics, right? Yeah, I mean, they are. They're, they're, they're like, staples. Yeah, they're, and you listen to them now, and you're like... I mean... It, it, Again, at the time, it was, this is pretty raw, and this right, is pretty, right. wow, out there. Now you listen to it now, it's kind of slower than oh, you expect it to slow. be. Yeah, Especially slow. once Eminem came out and just was like, with his lyrics, it's like sure. everything else is really oh, yeah. slow. yeah, you should go, well, I mean, Dr. Dre, being the businessman that he is, dropped a new album last Friday on yeah, his yeah, yeah. Apple One radio show. Yeah. Yep. So, and that is just full of old guys and then all of the new talent that he just brought up with him out of Compton, like Kendrick Lamar, who they showed in the in the credits, right out of Compton, just like Dre. He's on all over that album. Sure. So he's got. I mean, the man's a genius. He's yeah. smart. Oh, yeah. he's <laughs> smart. So that's the case. That's the case with music, right? Yeah. With with anything, it's like uh, I remember my uh, my dad had this uh, mix CD that he made and it was like hard rock yeah and it's I was like, like Journey oh, no. well no it is I mean it is it's like Kiss yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. well back in the 70s that was, that was hard that rock that was hard it's like you listen to Twisted Sister now and it's like hey this is dancey yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and that's yeah that's that's funny um, or just not funny haha but funny odd right uh, yeah. just in how things change so here's what's coming up uh, next Friday, American Ultra. Uh, that's the uh, that. a, that's the comedy with uh, Jesse Eisenberg, Jesse, Jesse Eisenberg, and, and uh, Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart, yeah. Also, or he's Jason Bourne who gets high. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, Hitman Agent Forty Seven, which we saw the trailer for, which right. I have zero interest. Which in is seeing which that. is amazing yeah. that they're making another Hitman movie and they're giving it like a full on theatrical release. Thirty one hundred like, screens is what that's that's a wide release I right am, there. I am surprised because did you guys even know that there was a previous Hitman no, I movie? Did. There because was. it had what's his name in it from uh, Deadwood, Michael or um, the guy who played the sheriff in Deadwood. Oh, I don't remember. Okay. I'm pretty sure that it, that but was yeah, him. I mean, there was and Hitman, I believe, is a video game property yeah, yes. actually. Oh, yeah. um, so either there is a like strong contingent of people who like the first <laughs> Hitman movie, or the video games must continue to do well, where they're like. Let's do another Hitman movie. If that doesn't work, we'll reboot Max Payne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm thinking of Max Payne. That's what I was thinking of. Hitman's it's the same thing. usually a solid seller. Sure. Video and also next week, Sinister 2, which I think is the yeah. one where they find the videotape that's, and it's like... That's only the Vulture and Dr. Octopus before <laughs> yes. they got the rest of <laughs> <Yes>. them together. <laughs> oh, we did see a trailer for Guillermo del Toro's um, Crimson, Peak. Crimson Peak. Holy oh. crap. Yeah. It looks awesome. That looks scary as <laughs> crap. By the way, speaking of trailers, I bet Zach, when we started watching them, that because uh, we saw the first one, what was the first one? The Perfect Guy? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it has yeah. a slower cover of uh, that Shine Bright Like a Diamond song. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I bet you we get at least one more slower cover or something. 
And then I forget which one it was. I think, was it Hitman? I had like a slow cover of mm-hmm. Voodoo Child. Yeah, yeah. This is what trailers are doing now. It's like... Oh, yeah. um, well, Fifty Shades of Grey was Beyonce redoing right, one of her crazy own songs in love. really slow. Um, I believe so, right? Crazy in Love? Yes, Crazy in Love. And then um, the uh, the weirdest one of the summer, uh, Avengers Age of Ultron doing uh, I Got yeah, No I got Strings. No strings yeah. mm-hmm. Makes them creepier, I guess. Yep. Uh, Friday the 28th, No Escape from the Weinsteins. No. Uh, I don't know what that one's Sounds about. Sounds terrifying. Uh, and then <laughs> We Are Your Friends, which is the... Uh, Guy that wants to be the DJ with the beats and stuff. Have you guys seen that trailer no, for that? No. Uh-uh. It's really weird. It's got Zac Efron in it and um, what's her name? Emily Rousejowski. Um, he is a guy that is a DJ or wants to be a DJ. And he goes out and he's sampling all the sounds and he's trying to make it big. And it's Is it a comedy? No, I think it's it's a drama is what it's listed <laughs> right. as. And it's, I don't know, it, it looks really oh, weird. I'll watch the trailer for it. Uh, then on uh, September 4th, we have The Transporter Refueled, which I'm done with that franchise after the second movie. Hmm. Uh, and then A Walk in the Woods, which is a comedy, which has Nick Nolte and Robert Redford in it. So you know it's got to be good. Old people, go yeah. see that. Oh, that one. I've seen some trailers for that. Then on the 11th, we have Perfect Guy, which we were just talking about, and The Visit, which is the M. Night Shyamalan uh, horror oh, film where will will prevent you it. from ever going visiting your grandparents again. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Friday the 18th, Black Mass, which is the, is that the Johnny Depp movie? That's where yes, he's the serial is. killer? Yeah. Yeah. Like the mob, mob guy. guy yeah. yeah. Captive, which is a thriller. I don't know what that's about. That's from Paramount. Has Kate Mar- Mara in it. Um, let's hope it does better than Fantastic Four. And then Pro. Maze Runner, The Scorch Trials. Yeah. Did you guys see the first Maze Runner movie? I have not watched I it yet. Watched it I watched it because it's not bad. I, I think it was not well rated on yeah. the iTunes, and it was during my Let's Watch a Crappy Movie on Thursday uh-huh. Night thing. And I watched, and I was like, eh, it's not horrible. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, are they ever going to make a sequel to it? And then, boom, they've got a sequel coming. I, I, I really like uh, the title maze runner the scorch trials because it sounds like something coach z would be trying yeah, to say yeah. like what are you trying to say coach z so i don't know i think we're done with the summer movie stuff i mean we've yeah. technically summer ends on labor day weekend but uh i don't know if there's anything that pops out to you guys american ultra hitman 47 agent 47 sinister 2 no escape we are your friends I mean, there's just nothing that really yeah. stands out. It's going to be a dry period until Oscar season, which none of those movies regularly come to uh, anyway. Let's see. Because we have well, Hateful we Eight. Do... What is going to oh, Christmas. my God. Did you guys see the trailer for Hateful Eight? I have not. I, watched I haven't it watched it yet. Work, so it didn't really count. Oh, my God. It looks really good. And uh, Tarantino shot it on 70 millimeter. Yeah. And so even in the trailer, when you look at it, it looks huge. huge and fantastic. Yeah. And you can tell now he's... It's almost like he's moved past his um, kung fu phase, yeah. his, and now love, he's into his, his. I love the early seventies phase. Now he's into like John Ford phase, yeah. right? Because it's like these big vistas and exteriors. He and only everything. shot it like twelve hours from here. I thought about driving down to Telluride and crashing the set, but I didn't because that would have been disrespectful to film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else is coming out but in September? <laughs> Yeah, I know. Uh, Before I Wake, The Green Inferno, Hotel Transylvania 2, and The Intern. I actually want to watch Hotel Transylvania 2. I never saw I've, the I've first heard, one. I haven't watched the first one yet, but I've heard it actually is like just 
every review I've seen about it from, uh, not from like actual critics, but from people I've, that I've there was heard. A, it's just like it's it's fun. Yeah, it looks like a kids movie. Just, yeah, yeah. There was a there was a period in the two thousands where you could see a CG movie that was out that was not from Pixar, mm-hmm. and you just automatically knew that it was going to be crap. Right. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have to bother with it. Yeah. And at some point. All of these companies got their act together, and they started actually putting out good movies. Mm-hmm. And it's like now I don't know what to think anymore. Hotel Transylvania looked like garbage, mm-hmm. but from all I've heard, it's yeah, actually pretty, pretty good. cute. Yeah. So I, into September, I thought that they just started production on this movie. Maybe I'm off on it, but Stonewall <laughs> comes out at the end of uh, September. Oh, oh yeah, that will have out. a super super small release because it is. It's going to be fairly small. Then we have in October we have The Martian. Yes. Which yes, I could see yes. that's oh, yes. a movie uh, that I will. That's uh, a Matt yes, Damon. Matt Damon. Damon, Alien Man. Yep. What? I don't remember his name. Uh, Alien who Man. Made, who made? Who directed Alien? Oh, Ridley Scott. Scott. Ridley Scott. Oh, Ridley yeah, Scott. Ridley Scott okay. and Matt Damon and a whole cast of other actors. Super, super hard sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah, it's an amazing book. It's, uh, Is it good? I haven't read it yet. Actually, not that great. I mean, it's good, but. It's it's not it's sci-fi the, for like a super the, super nerdy person. It's not the best person. sci-fi book I ever read. <laughs> Then we also have coming up, and these are the bold ones, so I'm guessing these are the wide release ones. My All American Pan, Steve Jobs, which looks good with uh, Fastbender in it. Fastbender in it, yeah. Um, Bridge of Spies, that's the Steven Spielberg movie. Mm-hmm. Crimson Peak, oh man, Bridge of Spies, Crimson Peak, and Goosebumps all open on the same weekend. No. God, Goosebumps looks so weird. Have you guys <laughs> seen the trailer no, for Goosebumps? I seen it. My son yeah. has, and, and my wife and, and he are both like, we want to go see it, we want to go see it. And I'm like, the premise right. for the Goosebumps movie is that this kid finds R.L. Stein. Played by Jack Black, <laughs> who doesn't look—he doesn't look like Arl Stein at all. If you've seen Arl Stein, yeah, yeah. he actually looks more like Dobby. Yeah. Um, and he, this kid, accidentally unlocks the Goosebumps books, and the monsters from the Goosebumps books come out awesome. and start wrecking the town. It's like so weird because like I'm like Gremlins meets Indian in the cupboard. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean it is a lot like Indian in the cupboard actually, and I'm just like, our kids. Today, still reading Goosebumps. My books? son read about five of them last okay, year okay. in second grade, well, that makes and it sense. scared him enough to where he wants to see the movie. Because so. I'm, because I'm like, Goosebumps books started coming yeah. out when I was a kid, yes. and I'm like, I had that is friggin' all of them. This is weird nostalgia for them to be like, oh no, the Goosebumps books have escaped. If modern here's kids the thing. don't know them, but, here's but I the guess thing. they do. Well, they do, but here's the thing: parents, uh-huh. your guys' age. Sure. Kids would be like, oh, I remember Goosebumps. This is scary, but a lot of fun. I'm going to take my kid to it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Uh, in October, we have Burnt, Jim and the Holograms, The Last Witchfinder. That's got uh, The Rock in it, I believe. Yeah. Yep. No. Um, no, Vin Diesel. Sorry. Oh, Vin Diesel. Yeah. Uh, Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimension. That's the one I was thinking where they find the videotape, and it's like the videotape is speaking to them in the future. And oh, stuff is happening. I remember that trailer. Yeah. And then we have Rock the Casbah with um, uh, Bill Murray in it and Bruce Willis. <laughs> and then we wrap up October with Autobahn, which is an action movie starring Nicholas Holt and Felicity Jones. Hmm. Don't know what that's about. That's from Relativity. Oh, maybe we won't be seeing that. Oh, yeah, they went bankrupt. Because they went they? bankrupt, and there's a big question over what's going on with all of their movies. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll see that. Maybe we won't. Mm-hmm. Uh, our brand is in crisis, which is a comedy drama. Which feels like it's a. Oh no, it's Sandra Bullock and George Clooney. Oh no, they're the producers. Sandra Bullock stars in it. Uh, Ann Dowd, Zoe Kazan, Kazan, Anthony Mackie, Billy Bob Thornton. 
in that. Nope. Uh, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Oh, my God. They put really tiny 15-second trailers between the rest of the trailers before Trainwreck. And it looks really funny. And the 15-second clips of Boy Scouts fighting zombies, it was a perfect way to do it. You don't have to make a full trailer. Smart. Take 15-second clips that are really funny, throw them between other comedy trailers. I don't. I never heard anything about it before that day, but I was laughing my my butt off. Uh, no, November yeah. sees the outskirts uh, from Claris Entertainment. Uh, from Claris Works. It's a comedy high school comedy hmm. from Claris Entertainment. A uh, Clarice maybe Entertainment. Uh, the Peanuts movie and Spectre, which is not. Oh, that's the James Bond movie. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. the uh, not the DC Comics no. character. Right. Then we have the Thirty Three. Uh, which has Antonio Banderas in it, which is the movie is already historic, made. The movie has already made one point six million dollars. I don't know why I heard about worldwide. that worldwide. I don't remember why I heard about that, but it came out. Something came out about it recently. By the Sea from Angelina Jolie, Rings, which just says horror sci-fi mm. or horror supernatural. It's like The Ring, but there's more of them. Yes, mm. uh, The Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part Two. The Secret in Their Eyes from STX Entertainment. That's got, uh, what's his name from 12 Years a Slave and Nicole Kidman and Julia Roberts. Shall we tell Yes, I will never be able to pronounce his name. <laughs> um, then we have Creed, The Good Dinosaur from Buena Vista oh, Pixar. Yes, Seth Rogen, Joseph Gordon-Levitt Xmas movie. That looks funny. Victor Frankenstein. Those are the, those are the big wide release movies. Uh, then in December, we have Krampus. Krampus. Uh, a Krampus movie. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, horror comedy. Then there's a Hitchcock Truffaut movie documentary. I wonder if that's the is that the one that was up on the Kickstarter that they were trying know. to get finished. Maybe uh, in the heart of the sea, which is the um, Tom Hanks movie. Then uh, we have Sisters. Ron, Ron Howard. Oh, Ron Howard. But yeah. isn't it got Tom Hanks in it? No, it has Thor in it. Oh, Chris Hemsworth. They got moved okay. back from this uh, this screening because they thought it had Oscar potential. And then we have Friday. December 18th, 2015, Star Wars, The Force Awakens. (laughs) (laughs) And then the next week, we've got Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Road Chip. And Hateful Eight. Concession, Daddy's Home, Joy, Point Break, Snowden, The Hateful Eight, which is not listed as a wide release, so that's a Christmas Day release, which means East Coast, West Coast, which means it's not coming here. And it was a Christmas Day release, wasn't it? But it didn't come here until after. It did. Didn't come here till after. Oh, didn't? Hmm. Just like Selma, its wide release was in January. It actually did open Christmas Day, East Coast, West Coast, oh, but not a right. wide, not a wide release. So technically, West uh, 2014 for that movie. Yeah. So, um, so there you go, ladies and gentlemen. There's the rest of your year. Oh, Snowden, the thriller Snowden, and Point Break, the remake, comes out oh, on December 25th. Fantastic. So I'm sure we'll be talking about. I would say some of those. At movies. least, w- least one of those. At movies. least one of yeah. those movies. Um, but that'll be it for this episode and maybe the end of the Zach on Film Summer Movie Special. Thanks, guys. It's been fun. At least talking about bad movies. And there's a couple <laughs> good ones in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if you 
have thoughts about Straight Outta Compton, which this podcast started out about, yep. uh, <laughs> go to head over find this podcast posting page, and you, know, you can give your thoughts about that film or any of the topics we discussed in this episode while you're there. Head over to, or to uh, the, click on that Amazon.com link. It's back to school time. You got to buy some notebooks, buy some pencils, buy some paper, buy, buy, your cool buy your textbooks, buy your NWA album, yeah, buy your textbooks and your NWA albums to yeah, for back to school. Studying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's not going to cost you any extra when you use that link, but a little bit will come back to major spoilers so we can keep those funky beats flowing. Yeah. But that's oh, you it. could buy your beats by Dr. Dre from there your you Amazon. There you go. Link. There you go. That's it for this episode of Zach on Film. See you next week. This podcast is copyright 2015 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.